Kia ora. Welcome to this podcast series, Making Money a Force for Good. I'm Barry Coates. I'm founder of Mindful Money. In this series, we're talking to the pioneers who are using investment to make a better future. I hope you enjoy this seminar. So without further ado, a uh, very warm welcome again to, to Brian Henry and Sandra Clark. Um, I'm going to kick off uh, to you both by uh, just asking you a, a kind of like uh, an introductory question. Um, can you explain to us the, uh, uh, the Islamic and ethical mandate of Amana? Because some, some of the, uh, the viewers uh, won't be very familiar with it. Uh, and uh, um, it seems to me to be a very distinctive approach. So, so uh, uh, please, I invite you to, to um, talk about Amana's approach to ethical investing. Thank you, Barry. Look, Amana is based on hundreds of years of scholarship. And what we have is a set of prohibitions which are reasonably standard, but unlike other ethical funds, uh, Amana has to look inside its investments because there are a series of uh, financial ratios that we expect all of our companies' investments to meet. So first of all, we have to participate in every investment. We have to take the risk along with those that we've invested in. So. We don't have things like interest where you sell up mum and dad's house if things fail. We have to be part and parcel of what we're invested in. It's a very strict mandate, and if it's breached, then we sell out. So we monitor every day, and if any of our investments breach the mandate, they are sold immediately. There's no, uh, oh, we've got a partial breach. If it's in breach, it's sold. The biggest thing is that 66% of any investment we're in must be doing something or making something for mankind. And that's a mandatory minimum level of activity that we expect from the investments. And this is the one that we watch very carefully. So if a company starts taking on debt or activities that are outside that 66%, it is sold immediately. And we have an audit standard, which is set by a group called IOFI that we apply. So we actually have an audited ethical mandate that we apply very strictly. Um, but having said that, um, that doesn't stop the fund performing. Okay. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Brian. Um, uh, so this is a, an interesting kind of over, overlap between an ethical viewpoint and an Islamic viewpoint. If I, if I kind of hear you about, about uh, making sure that companies invest in, in the real economy as opposed to the financial economy, that's probably something that has a fair bit of resonance in the ethical investment world as well. How, how, do, you, how do you think about the difference between your Islamic mandate and your ethical mandate? Uh, and, and where do you see them aligning? It's, it's got a, a background personally, which is my Presbyterian Scottish background. I was brought up in very strict uh, views of what you do and you don't invest in. So when we got asked to look at creating a mana, I actually found a very happy amalgam uh, between my philosophies as a strict Presbyterian, austere, brought up person 
and what the Eastern philosophies were. And I prefer to call them Eastern and Western philosophies. So what Amana did is we took the two philosophies, we worked out a synergy to make them work together. And uh, we came up with the product, which is Amana. And it's, uh, it's a very good ethical base. But the biggest thing is it's got an auditable standard and we actually are able every day to guarantee to our members that our fund is doing what we say. There's no slip up, there's no um, mistakes made or if they are made and we find out something like that, the stock's gone. We don't stay where we say it's not ethical. Okay. So um, can you characterize uh, kind of who invests in Amana? Uh, um, who are they? Uh, I think people would probably like to know that you're uh, you're open and available to invest in for, for any investor, not not just those uh, of the Islamic faith. Yeah, we're, we're available to everybody. Um, the uh, the mandate we've got is is based uh, in a religious base, but it goes right back to Abraham, who was also accepted by Judaism and by Christianity. So. It is simply a um, very solid set of ethical rules built up over years. And we, we apply those. So we have members from uh, all walks of life. We're open to everybody. Uh, yes, we've got a lot of Muslims because for them to have a halal kiwi saver is extremely And you can't, you can't overemphasize how being a strict applier of ethics is important to them. So being a strict ethical fund, applying our ethics strictly is something that they appreciate. Right. And what difference would people know in the in the portfolio in terms of the kind of companies you invest in and the way you manage? What what would people see that are different from from uh, from other other investments, even other ethical funds? The biggest differences are we're not invested in financial organisations for several reasons. I'll come back to that. We also don't invest in utilities very much because they tend to be very high debt uh, companies and we do not like their financial ratios. They do not meet the strict ratios we apply. But if, if you look at, for example, Goldman Sachs, which is the easiest one to use, we can't invest in Goldman Sachs, not because they just earn interest, but... When you look at what they do, they've got shorting desks, uh, they've got uh, all sorts of financial products, which we define as gambling. So when we say we don't invest in gambling, we don't mean we don't invest in casinos. We mean that we look inside every investment to see if they've got aspects where in fact they're gambling. They're not actually working and making something or providing something in the real world. So those companies, we don't go near. So I think your comment before, we're in the real world of people making and doing something of worth. That's where we invest. Yeah. Um, thank you. Um, one of the things that people probably don't realise because uh, the media is not very good on reporting uh, on Amana's returns is, is that, in fact, Amana's had a, had a very good record. And, and one of the reasons we know that is we did a... Uh, um, a report on um, ethical investments on the Mindful Money platform 
in the period uh, of the COVID crisis. Uh, and, and we took the first quarter of, of 2020. And um, the ethical funds did a whole lot better than, than the average. But amongst the ethical funds, the one that stood out head and shoulders above any other fund was the mana. Uh, and the same is true on uh, a last year's basis. So, so um, that's a pretty impressive record. Can, can, you, can you tell people a little bit about, uh, about your record? I, I guess this is giving a, uh, a soft pass to, to you, Brian. Okay. We did 2.59% growth year on year to 31st March, which puts us as one of the top performing Kiwi savers in New Zealand. Uh, historically, we've had uh, a good range of years recently. We have had bad years, but you know, in, investing comes the good with the bad. But the reason I believe that ethical funds sit above is that people have to go and look at the base heart of what a company is doing. And it's what the companies don't do, but it's more important what the companies do do. So we are very heavy on looking into our stock and what they do do. We select our own stock. We don't leave that to anybody else. We have an outside agency that monitors our stock to meet our ethical mandate, but we buy our own stock. We sell our own stock but it's actually looking into the heart of companies and saying, what are you doing? Is it worthwhile? Because things that are worthwhile, the stock market doesn't punish as quickly as things that are just ethereal. There's nothing really there. So if you've got a good company making good product, uh, those companies aren't going to get hurt. Now, Microsoft will be the first example that comes to your head. It's providing very solid business systems. It's got a very big client base. And it's companies like these that we're looking at to focus into. But people with their hearts in the right place running these big companies, those companies do well. And that's what I think the ethical message is about. You're looking for companies who are doing the right thing because they actually do a good thing by their investors. So let's kind of uh, follow on that that line of reasoning so in the during the covid downturn when you know financial markets around the world were were tanking uh amana earned a positive return of 5.9 percent uh which is pretty remarkable so so what did you do in order to earn that return and i'm not aware of any other new zealand kiwisaver fund that that uh that earned anything near that that return well, we, we had a, a very uh, urgent meeting of our investment committee. And remember, we buy our own stock, we sell our own stock, so we're totally in control of our investments. And we had a look at the market, we saw what was going on, and we selected a group of stock that we knew in COVID circumstances were going to prosper. Microsoft is one. And we sold the book down, so we were... 72%, 73% in cash. And we then had the rest of the book. And as the market tanked, we went back into some of the better stock that we could see in this sort of crisis are now going to go forward. We're radically redesigning our book at the moment. We've got another meeting tomorrow. We've had three investment committee meetings inside just over 10 days. And the focus now is what are companies doing or making something for the good of mankind 
in this new world because the world has changed. And what was a good stock six months ago is not a good stock now because the world's changed and people are being found wanting as to how good they are or they aren't. So this is saying that, uh, I think it was a Warren Buffett saying that uh, you only know who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. So, so that's the kind of uh, uh, truth that, that uh, recessions bring to, to financial markets. Right? Absolutely. And Warren's at the moment found naked with airlines because they are absolutely uh, a company we don't, companies we don't go near, incredibly high risk, incredibly high leverage. And uh, he was pumping money in but he was also putting it in railways, same as us, and we're in railways, and they are solid investments we hold today. Yep, a little bit more ethical uh, investment as well. So um, uh, as a last question, because we'll uh, uh, we'll go to, to questions uh, in a minute, and uh, so everyone, feel free to, to use the chat box to put in your questions and, and comments. Uh, I see one or two coming in from Facebook. Um, so, last question, Brian. Um, what, what's next for Armada? What, what are you guys working on? What are you thinking about where, where to next? You've got one uh, very growth-oriented KiwiSaver fund and a growth-oriented uh, investment fund. Are you planning to offer any other funds, make any other changes? We, we, we long-term believe in two good investments. The first is good equities, good businesses. The second is, is land. And by land, we don't mean um, simply buying a, a block of flats or something like that. We mean land that's productive. So we're looking at getting into farming, that sort of thing. We can provide um, finance in a participatory model. So instead of uh, uh, you just lending money to someone with interest, you actually become part of the business, you get part of the profit of the business. Those are things we're going to look towards. Um, but the immediate right in front of our face is handling how the world is going to be impacted by COVID-19, looking at the world markets, because every company survives by selling something to the people. We're watching very carefully the unemployment rates in Europe, the unemployment rates in uh, in America, the unemployment's Australia, New Zealand, the world, we see there is a very major impact coming and we don't quite know where that's going to go yet, but there's a lot of, lot of thought and effort going and discussion going into that at the moment. So uh, long term, yes, we've got big plans for other ethical funds, but short term, we are very much now totally focused on the next 6, 12, 24 months we invest on a five-year horizon, and that's what where we look to all the time. So our aim is to protect the wealth of our members, take it forward, and, and make sure we can keep um, ahead of what's going on in the world at the moment. But a lot of changes coming. We haven't got the fossil fuels and things like that, but those are big issues about how the world's going to change. We actually see literally there is a totally new world coming. The impact around um, global warming, those sort of uh, issues, they're overshadowed by this virus, but they're actually highlighted by it as well. And when people think it through, they're going to start to realise that 
looking at what you're making and doing in your investments is incredibly important. Great. Thank you very much, uh, Brian. For, for those of you uh, on Zoom and Facebook, uh, you can check out uh, uh, Amana's Investments in, uh, on Mindful Money. So it's www.mindfulmoney.nz. Uh, there's a profile there on, on Amana. You can see, uh, see what great returns they've had. Um, and you can uh, have a look at other ethical funds as well. But check out what's in, in those portfolios and find a fund that, that, that fits. Um, so we're going to go to questions. Uh, first one uh, from, from Facebook. I think a uh, very good question. And, and you'd be pleased with this one, I think, Brian. Um, if Aman has had such a good set of returns, um, why isn't it in the papers? <laughs> I thought you might. I thought you might like this question. Um, I honestly can't answer that. I would. I would have thought a KiwiSaver fund performing at twenty four point five nine percent after fees expenses before tax was big news. But um, no, we have had no reporting. Indeed, I think one newspaper asked us if we'd like to take out an advert saying it. So we, 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 we understand the world. We just get on to it. What we do. And as far as we're concerned, Amana is just going to keep doing what Amana does. We'll keep growing and we'll keep looking after our members and you can't get worried about it. But yeah, it's a very good question. So a, uh, um, another uh, Facebook question, this one from Amjad Ali. Uh, how many members does uh, Amana have, have now? Just and, uh, sorry? Just over 1,200. Just over 1,200. And he may have missed the earlier comments, but... Uh, how much uh, loss did Amana make due to the current crisis of, of COVID-19? How much? Loss. Loss. We didn't make loss. We made a profit. Good. thought you might say that. 24.59% uh, profit. <laughs> the, 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 the big thing is, is that we held the value of the book, which is an important mandate. And part of our SIPO is that we control volatility. And when the volatility got out of hand, we moved and controlled the volatility as we promised our members we would do. But we can do that for the simple reason that all of our stock are highly liquid. So I know that I can sell my whole book tomorrow morning and I'll be within 1% or 2% up or down on the value I told you I've got today. No other KiwiSaver fund in New Zealand can do that. And that is a very deliberate choice because... Mm -hmm. If we breach our compliance, we have to sell that day, whatever price we get, so we make sure we're in stock that we can sell and sell well at all. It's a very, very sharp discipline to always understand that if your investment misbehaves, you've got to sell it, you've got to look after your members. Right. So I quite a perceptive uh, comment from, from David, uh, who's in the Zoom call. Um, uh, he said... Um, when you talked about the future, you didn't talk about getting a whole lot more clients and building yourself up to be much bigger. How, how do you see yourself kind of getting to a critical mass of, of clients and, and investment capital going, going forward? The best way to grow was for people to understand you're performing and looking after their money. So, so the, best, the best advertising is a happy customer. And the best, the best advertising is to keep on doing our job, doing it well, doing it properly. Amana lives on a very austere budget. 
Um, but having said that, that discipline is really good because it makes you super sensitive to what you're doing. You're not wasteful and you're very focused on always making sure you deliver to your members because yeah, a KiwiSaver is members. It's not a big bulk of a billion dollars. It's a bulk of members and you've got to look after your members. Okay, thank you. And a question from Chanina, which again, so it's a really good question. Given, given Amana's kind of Islamic mandate and you're interested in investing in, in real assets like, like land and, and farming, would you ever consider becoming more of a fund oriented towards uh, uh, vegans to be become a vegan fund? Um, because obviously there's a growing number of people who are interested in investing in in uh, uh, in funds that have a, a vegan mandate, uh, but but uh, there's not a lot of choice out there. We, we, we talk to vegan groups. We are very close to meeting what vegans want, but in actual fact, inside the mandate and the way we're built, um, we, we cannot apply a, a vegan mandate. And, and this comes back to the word strict. When we apply mandates, we are very strict in what we do. So you get the smallest of breaches and we sell out. But um, we're not in, in farming meat. We're not in the selling of meat in any great ways. These are coincidences sometimes of a retail investment you might have or something like that. But we are not focused and um, we do not focus on the vegan rules. It's just a very happy coincidence that we are close to but not actually vegan. But I, I understand where they're coming from. We're, I still believe we're the closest to vegan of any kids over. Okay. Um, and again, if, if people do want to check out that issue, there's some information on Mindful Money's uh, website around uh, a particular aspect of, of, uh, of animal welfare, which is uh, um, companies that, that test products on, on animals. So, so you can go and check out uh, how different KiwiSaver funds line up against that criterion. A question from Ahmed uh, Mohammed. Um, why are the administration charges for uh, Amana higher compared to other KiwiSaver providers? Well, our performance is higher as well, so that's your starting point. You shouldn't be looking at fees. You've got to look at what is the return for the investor after fees, after expenses, and after tax. We've delivered this time 24.59%. Um, people work very hard to do that. And Amana is a small fund. When Amana's got a couple of hundred million under management, our fees will come down. But right now, we are in a situation where we are paying our team and our staff. We are not making a profit. Uh, we have got many key people who are actually donating their time for free. The chairman of our investment committee, the chairman of our directors, uh, Gregory Fortain, who's well known in New Zealand. He's our chairman. He has not earned a dollar out of Amana for the years we've run. Robert Knox, the chairman of our investment committee. They are doing it because they actually believe what we're doing is the right thing to do. I'm in the same boat. 
I've made no money out of a mana. It's cost me money over the years, but a mana is the right thing to do for investing KiwiSaver money. I'm the first member. I've still got my money in a mana KiwiSaver. Sandra is one of the very early members as well. We actually believe it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Interesting. When, when you're comparing uh, returns, generally they're compared on an after-fees basis. Yeah. So uh, that is a way of, of sort of capturing how much value is added by the investment manager. Uh, yeah. Some of our competitors who are negative this year, that means we're 28, 29% ahead of, or our members are 28, 29% ahead. It's going to take a few years to catch up at a half percent cheaper fees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting. And, and uh, I think there, there are, uh, there's a lot of commentary around uh, low fees when people are looking for funds. Uh, but actually, you, you've really got to look at what, what value you're getting from, from the funds. It's become a great marketing tool, Barry, and people have got very successful on it. But at the end of the day, an investment advisor, as I understand it, should be looking at what is the return to the member per annum from the KiwiSaver fund. Fees are irrelevant if there's a good return coming. Okay. And another interesting question uh, from, from Amjad. How about providing halal finance for home buyers within the Muslim community? Can And and actually, uh, I mean, it's, there is a precedent for doing that insofar as simplicity is, is uh, now providing mortgage finance for some of its, uh, its member investors. Would you ever see a, uh, a future where you might do that? We, we're building an Islamic financial institution in New Zealand, which is based on the principles of participation, because that's the, the big philosophical difference between Western and Eastern. And there is, um, in New Zealand, some demand, but we've, we don't have a population big enough to sustain that sort of mortgage book at the moment unless we bring in a major overseas partner who comes in with us to help. So if, if, if they want to achieve that, the biggest thing they can do is back a mana, build a mana. We will build on this philosophy. And as and when we get big enough, yes, we'll do it. For simplicity, it's easy. I can go tomorrow and I can get a loan book that will lend me on interest money. I can't do that in a participatory mortgage sense because that's a very different sort of approach. But people may or may not remember the old state advances lease to buy. That's halal. That may come back with what's going on in the world at the moment from COVID-19. We may see a movement back to that sort of thing, but we would need the backing of a government or of a big financial institution the answer is love to get there, and I can tell you there'll be a queue, not of just Muslims, but every New Zealander, to buy a house on that lease to buy type basis. It's a very sound financial way to buy a house. Uh, another nice easy uh, pass for you, for you here, uh, Brian. A, a question from Christian on on Zoom: Can non-Muslims uh, join Amana Ethical? Absolutely. I'm not a Muslim. I'm the first member. Sandra's not a Muslim. She's about the third member. Her daughters were fourth and fifth. But yes, we have we have members who are not Muslim. 
Um, I'll make no secret, most of our members are, but we also have a substantial group that are non-Muslim and are thoroughly enjoying being part of something that's a totally different ethical experiment. It's not an experiment, it's actually got 600 years of history behind it. And we believe it's something that we can keep working. So yes, non-Muslims are very welcome to join if they go to the website, which is uh, amanaNZ.com, they can find out about us. But the best thing is to send us an email or call us and have a conversation with us because we want you to understand what our investment is and we want you to understand what we do and why we do things. And once you understand it, you can see the sense of it, then we look forward for a long-term, very happy friendship with you. Cool. That that sounds like a, a good closing uh, closing note. Sandra, you've been uh, you've been very quiet during during the, uh, the session. Would you like Would you like to add anything? No, except except just join. <laughs> People very join good. us. Come join us. It's a, it's a great fund. Um, yeah. I'm obviously you know feeling you um, in the position, but yeah, really loving it. It's a, it's a great it's a great place to come join. That's a really interesting story. Thank you, thank you both very much. And and uh, this is not a uh, uh, a fund that uh, most people know anything about. Um, Muhammad, by the way, has asked. He's uh, uh, age of sixty five. Can I withdraw a full amount of my saving from KiwiSaver? I guess the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. um, with with that, I think we'll we'll do a wrap. Um, Next week, for, for those, those on, on Zoom and Facebook, um, it's budget day. So, so when we planned the series, we, uh, we didn't quite realize at that stage that Thursday, 4 p.m. was budget day. We had scheduled Mary Holm to be with us to talk about uh, uh, financial literacy and financial education. Uh, Mary suggested that maybe we want to do a focus on the budget, and that seems like a very good idea. So we've assembled a panel um, that includes Abby Reynolds, who used to be uh, the director of the Sustainable Business Council, uh, and uh, uh, and a few others. So we'll have a sparky panel to talk about, particularly, what are the implications from the budget for sustainability and for investment. So I think it'll be a really interesting session. Um, and hopefully we'll get a budget that will enable New Zealand to um, raise our level of ambition so that we'll not only come out of the COVID-19 crisis uh, with a very robust health record, but we'll come out of it with an economy that uh, has done well in terms of, uh, of meeting some of our challenges for the future around uh, climate change around improved well-being uh, and around building a building a back a better society. So join us for that Thursday next week at 4 p.m. Again, huge thanks to, to Brian and Sandra um, and uh, uh, have a good day for the rest. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs>